But what is freedom? That was a real question for the Jews at this time uh, as Jesus was living. What is freedom for us as we are dominated and ruled by the Romans? And so this question is at the root of what they were asking Jesus when they're asking, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar? Do you, Jesus, as a leader of the people, accept our submission to foreign power? Or should we stand up and fight for independence? It is a loaded question. Many people believe that freedom is independence and autonomy. Being in control of my situation. Being able to do what you want without being restricted by others or being told what to do by others. This is what many Jews desired while they were under Roman occupation. But Jesus provides a very interesting response to that question. Give, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. On the one hand, he is saying, accept the situation as it is. Pay the taxes. Accept Roman rule. And so on the one hand, Jesus is very clear-eyed. He knew that to rebel against them is almost committing suicide for the nation. But if, that, if that's only where it ended, then that would be mere passive resignation. But we, he says something else that makes it seem like it's more than just that. He says to give to God what is God's. What does he mean by that? What is it that belongs to God that we are supposed to give that we do not give to Caesar? This is what he says later on in the chapter. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. Your heart soul and mind belong to God and nobody else. Always give that to God. You have the freedom to do that. And in doing that, you have real freedom. I believe that's what Jesus is really trying to say. Whatever your situation is, no matter how little control you might have over your situation or even your life, you can always give your heart to God. That is what Jesus did, lived, and how he died. In the end, Jesus had no control over his body and even his life. The Romans put a stop to what he did, and they put an end to his very life. They hung him up on 
cross. But even in his death, he had freedom. This is what he said on the cross. Then Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Having said this, he breathed his last. The Romans were able to take his body and his life, but they could not take his heart, his soul, and his mind. That was his freedom. My friends, it is not your circumstances that make you free. It is not your ability to just do whatever you want that makes you free. True freedom comes from letting go of control in total trust to God. Total trust to God. It is your faith that makes you free. Faith is what changes you and allows you to handle any situation or circumstance that comes your way. So whether you have control or not, faith allows you to handle it. When we lose control over our lives, it is so natural to feel fear, uh, uncertainty, frustration, anger, and worries. These are all things that we feel as human beings. But these are very strong emotions. Right? When we don't feel in control, there are very strong emotions that well up in us. So if we are not careful, these emotions can take control of us. They can take control of your thoughts and your actions. When you give your heart in total trust to God, these emotions are still there, but they don't have as much control over you. This is what Jesus said to his disciples during his last supper with them. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Peace reigns in your heart when you give it to God in trust. It is a peace that God gives to us. It is a peace that's beyond the comprehension or understanding of the world. It's a peace that defies logic. It's a peace that this world could never give to us. I love how Elder Grace uh, said that sentence in her prayer about peace. Peace allows you to live with the other emotions. You don't have to deny them or try to bury them. I mean, doing that can make them even more powerful. But peace regulates the other emotions that we all have. It keeps them in check. 
so you become free from the control that they have over you. This is the struggle that many people have gone through. African-American slaves were in bondage for over 200 years. They had no control over their lives. So many of them endured brutal suffering. They had no control over where they lived. They had no control over their families. They could be taken away and sold at any moment. They were property to be bought and sold and done as the master wished. But many of them found freedom in faith. Through faith, they came to know who they were and whose they were. Their bodies belonged to their earthly masters, but their hearts, souls, and minds belonged to God and God alone. That faith enabled them to endure and persevere. That faith gave them hope that there would be freedom. That faith gave them new visions for society and the world we live in. From that faith tradition came many leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and others who would give a new vision a new dream for freedom in society in this world. Many of you know the spiritual, I've got peace like a river. That too is an African-American spiritual that arose from the faith that they found while they were enduring suffering, while they had no control over their bodily life. Through faith, they found peace like a river. Friends, when you're controlled by negative emotions, they will cloud and affect your thinking. You cannot think clearly when negative emotions control you. Your thinking and actions are driven. It's almost like they dictate what you think and what you do. With a peaceful heart, you can think clearly. This is what St. Paul said. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When you give your heart to God and trust, you don't have to follow what everyone else is saying or thinking or doing. You can think clearly for yourself. You are able to discern the will of God. With peace in your heart and clear thinking, your desires become oriented to the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. That is a life of freedom. So it doesn't matter what's going on out there. What is happening inside of me is what determines whether you live with freedom or not.
As the choir sang, today our bodies are more free than ever. No one can really tell you what to do. The state cannot just randomly do as they please. Yes, I mean, things like that do happen still. But generally, the consensus is no one can do to you what you do not give consent to. We enjoy greater freedom than anyone has ever known in the past. But somehow, I feel like we are not so free. We have more political, social, and economic freedom than before. But somehow, our hearts, our souls, and our minds are not our own. They've been given away to others. When I read and think about what's going on, I sometimes say to myself, we have literally lost our minds. We have lost our minds. It's like our hearts and our minds and our souls have been hijacked. They've been taken over. And they're not our own anymore. I've been reading about uh, a trial going on in London, Ontario. A lot of you know. I think it was last summer, a few summers ago, a Muslim family just quietly walking down the street. It's like any other day with their family. And in an instant, came to an end. When a driver in a car just senselessly ran over them. Intentionally. The whole family died, except for one young boy. I mean, what is his life like now? What will it be like? So the, the defense team, they are admitting, yes, this happened. The issue right now is whether that driver had the necessary mental intent. They're kind of, I think, trying to give evidence that his mind was, they, they use this word, clouded by his addiction to uh, all the far-right content on the internet. I mean, he spent 12, 13, 14 hours a day just consuming this kind of uh, hate uh, content, uh, propaganda, uh, videos, and everything. There's feeding his mind. And the reason he did that in the first place is because he had, been, he had gone through all sorts of difficulties. Uh, depression, mental health issues, instability. So from an unsteady heart, that unsteadiness was being more fueled by all of this content. And so I think the, the defense position is it wasn't really himself, his own mind, that committed this act. So I mean, legally speaking, we'll see if the jury accepts it. Regardless of what the legal case is, the consequence of what happened, it's so tragic, so senseless, so unnecessary. That is an extreme case, but what has this world been coming to? Where have our minds gone? Where have our hearts gone? Friends, we need to reclaim our freedom, the freedom of our hearts, our souls, and our minds. Not only that, we need to reclaim them, and we need to give them to God. I don't know about you, 
I don't even know if I trust myself with my own heart, soul, and mind. Do you trust yourself? Only God do I trust in. God can be the protector, the guardian, and the shaper of my heart, soul, and mind. Not myself. Because I am so susceptible to what is going on around me, to what is being fed to me. We need to reclaim our freedom. Here's one concrete thing I think we can all do. I'm going to try to do this myself too. Okay, very concrete. Take some time each day, every day, and literally take this thing, your phone, and put it like far. See, that's even further than I, I, I try every day sometimes to put it on silent mode, busy mode, but it's still like a foot away from me. But let's try. Can we do this? Concrete. Because that device and the platforms that run on them, they are constantly taking our attention, literally demanding it, and they found ways to keep our attention. So our minds are there. We don't have time and space to stop and think. We need to reclaim even our own attention so that we can reflect a little bit on what's going on in my heart, process my emotions, process my thoughts, think for myself what is going on in my life, what is happening in this world, and what do I think. Make your thoughts your own. Give your heart to God and ask God to renew your mind. Every day, can we do this? Let's make this a practice. Peaceful hearts, clear minds, right desires. That is what we need to be free people. So, in response to the question that the Pharisees asked, unfortunately, a, a fraction of the Jewish people rose up in revolt. And then there was a counter-reaction, and then that got more people involved. The people ended up following their passions, their emotions, their anger, their frustration. That drove their actions, and they revolted. But sure enough, the Romans came in. They destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. They massacred thousands and thousands of Jews. And then finally, they expelled them all from their homeland. Banished, gone, spread out. And so they became a diaspora people, living in wherever they can settle in. And so for 2,000 years, they did that. They injured uh, persecutions, pogroms, sufferings, and eventually culminating in the Holocaust. Six million Jews exterminated. And so eventually, a lot of them said, enough. And they went back to what is, was Palestine, formed the state of Israel so that they can have their own state and be secure and free. 
as we all know, that land was not vacant for 2,000 years. People lived there and settled there. That became their home. So a lot of the issues that we are now seeing. I mean, it's scary, isn't it? It's a consequence of a chain of decisions that arose because they followed their passions instead of clear thinking. We are sitting right now at the precipice of an unknown situation in Israel, the Middle East, risks of even global involvement. I really pray, I pray fervently that we can have peaceful hearts, clear minds, and right desires so we can navigate these things wisely. Jesus chose a different path from violence. Jesus walked the nonviolent path. You see, at that time, the cross was an instrument of total control. It was a symbol of what would happen if you resisted. It was a symbol of the inevitability of Roman might. It was a symbol that nothing can stop this, so get out of the way and get in line. But 2,000 years later, the Roman Empire is long gone. But the cross remains, and the cross, the symbol was changed from a symbol of total domination to a symbol of hope amidst darkness, of new life that arises from death. I pray that there may be light that emerges from our present dark situation. St. Paul said this to his followers in Philippi, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Reclaim your freedom in prayer. Bring all the worries and anxieties of your heart to God in prayer. And receive the peace that surpasses all understanding. May that peace guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.